0: Welcome to the Berkhamstead Spotlight, Berkhamstead School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day activities through to life beyond Berkhamstead School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. Remarkable community indeed. In this episode of the Berkhamstead Spotlight, we're talking to Tracy Evans, Chief People Officer at Berkhamstead, and Dr. Kathy Weston from Tooled Up Education. Tracy is part of the school's executive and she's the designated safeguarding lead for the PrEP schools. Her role means she's involved in the pastoral strategy and implementation at Berkhamstead. Meanwhile, Kathy holds a master's and doctorate in philosophy and worked for many years as a policy researcher and research fellow in education. She's also the co-author of two books on engaging parents and she's a much sought after keynote speaker. Which is why we're going to be looking at pastoral care at Berkhamsted, why it's so important for young people today, what the parent partnership is, and some of the things that parents can do during the summer holiday to support the efforts of staff at the school. There's a lot to talk about in this episode, so let's not waste any more time but instead come with me and let's dive straight into this episode right now. Tracy and Kathy, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. How are you both?
1: Morning, Simon. Um, I'm very well, thank you. Raring to go for another week with, yeah, lots of energy and enthusiasm. Yes, well,
2: thank you, Simon. Although the weather does look very, very dull, we're hoping for a brighter week towards the end of it.
0: Yeah, a brighter week would be good. I, I think that given the last 12, 15 months, I think we all deserve a bit of a, a brighter week. Uh, we need a bit of sunshine in our lives, and, uh, and I'm sure it's coming soon. So, uh, and of course, we've got summer holidays coming up as well, so that's a good chance for hopefully a good bit of sunshine to come through. Now, in this episode, we're going to be looking at pastoral care, uh, and I think it's probably good if we dive straight into it, actually, uh, because we've got quite a bit to unpack in this. Tracy, first of all, can you tell us why pastoral care is such an important factor within school life at Berkhamstead?
1: Yes, well Simon, and pastoral care really underpins every other aspect of school life at Berkhamsted, and we see it as essential for young people to not only flourish beyond their school years but it, it's a goal for students to feel respected, valued, supported, encouraged and, and challenged to do their very best. Um, We recognise that if children are struggling with their well-being, it's unlikely that they're able to flourish academically or in their extracurricular endeavours. So we aim to help students to understand that difficulties or problems and disappointments are just normal parts of the learning journey. And we provide guidance and support to help them overcome and move forward with confidence and healthy levels of self-esteem.
0: So tell me a little bit more then about how that support is provided to the children as they start at a young age and get older as they progress through the school. How does it change?
1: Mm. Well, um, well, ev- every child um, from from their starting point within the sort of the pre-prep years um, is part of a a, a a group, a teacher's group, a class. Um, and their care is very much provided by their teacher and their teaching assistant. And they know the children very, very well and have strong relationships with, with the parents. As the child progresses into the senior school, they become part of a, a house system. So they have a sense of belonging as being part of a house. And they are looked after in year groups by a tutor. So that hmm. tutor will have responsibility for sort of 10 children. who are, And, and that's, that's somebody that's looking out for their... Their needs, their well-being needs, and their pastoral needs, but also keeping an eye on how those pastoral and well-being factors of the child might be affecting their academic um, achievements. So, just looking after the whole child. Hmm.
0: And what might you say to someone who's perhaps of a slightly older generation who kind of thinks to themselves, well, all of that sort of stuff is down to the parents to do and it's down to the school just to provide an education and, and nothing else. What might you say to someone like that?
1: What I'd say is that, that as as things have moved on and children spend um, uh, longer in a school environment and they, they spend longer at school than than they do potentially at home um, mm. for most children. and that, it, it can't just fall as being with one person. Um, and I think that the, the relationship between the school, the home, the child, it is absolutely vital for mm. children reaching their full potential and feeling safe and feeling that, 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 that they are surrounded by people that know them and have their best interests at heart. And so that sort of relationship between the school and home is is absolutely vital.
0: Mm. Tracy, that's really good to hear. And uh, that's very reassuring as well, actually. Let's jump across to Cathy. Kathy, just tell us a little bit about your work and what it is that you do, what, what your connection is with the school.
2: Yes, so I'm actually a criminologist by background. And then I worked for many, many years as an education researcher, at which point I was a parent myself and uh, basically ended up working alongside teachers in a sort of school of education at University of Hertfordshire, And that's where I sort of realised that there was this exciting space in between the work that teachers and schools do and the work that we do at home as a parent. And I really wanted to begin to sort of you know mediate between those two worlds and I started trying to look for um within the research evidence tips and resources that parents could benefit from knowing or having and making sure that the home school partnership was working as optimally as possible
1: mm-hmm. and that's
2: when I set about I wrote a couple of books for teachers on working with parents and I also then uh, created a sort of a digital library of resources called tooled up education which I hope has become a sort of a one-stop shop of sort of evidence-based approaches to parenting family life and education
0: Hmm. okay and tell us about tooled up education how does that actually work Uh, you know how does that look if if you're in the school or, or a parent and looking to to make use of that resource
2: So, I think in the sort of modern world, it's so easy to just Google something. And I think as a researcher, I feel really passionately that we need to be, you know, investing in access to very high quality information. Mm -hmm. Because when you actually look at the research, certainly around pastoral issues in schools, it can be quite complicated and it's not easy to just find a simple answer. So, I think Tooled Up was really about the curation of tips that come from the highest quality uh, research evidence that a busy loving parent like me or you, you know, we can apply easily in our parenting the next day. So Mm Tilt Up is a sort of a digital library where you can listen to podcasts or download tip sheets or, you know, read the latest information on teenage sleep. Um, and have confidence in it. Um, I think if you sort of just Google stuff, you're not really sure who's written it. Mm. Um, and I you know, really pride myself on staying very closely connected to the research that is emerging out of British academia. And uh, you know, we we have an extraordinarily brilliant research community, certainly in the area of mental health in Britain. And I think it's fantastic to be able to mine that for information that is going to be highly relevant uh, to school communities because you know teachers or pastoral staff in schools they're very very busy (laughs) they're really busy I don't think people appreciate how busy they are and they need everyone to support them they need support as well so as parents we need to support them we you know as a researcher I need to be able to share the latest research evidence with them quickly so that when they're working with that child on a one-to-one basis or a family in the school environment you know they know exactly what's going on in the larger landscape across other schools and they don't feel so sort of alone with the issue and mm. they're able to really um you know use the best possible uh, tips and advice to share with parents because as tracy very wisely said this is an absolute partnership children in order To thrive optimally, they must have schools and teachers, parents, pastoral staff, everyone working together. It is not up to schools to solve, you know, the mental health crisis um, that we're currently seeing among Mm. children and young people. We have to work together and support one another.
0: Mm. It'd be great to look at that a little bit closer. That parent partnership, Tracy, tell us a little bit about how that works at Berkhamsted. Why that's so important?
1: Well. uh, I mean, it's so important for all the reasons that, that Kathy has that has just outlined. Um, but a, ch- a child comes to school to learn and to to do the very very best they can, and and, and a child comes to school um, with expectations that they have for themselves. Mm-hmm. They come to school with expectations that they think that their parents have for them, mm-hmm. um, and they come to school and they have expectations um, that, that they put upon themselves. Um, because they think that's also how the school wants them to perform. And it's really, really important that that, that relationship between the teachers, the, the, the school and the parents is, is, is two-way. We don't want to be in a position where we are just constantly contacting parents when there is a problem or Mm. parents are contacting us when they have a problem with something that they perceive to be possibly an injustice Mm. it's important that that phone can be picked up that email can be sent either way with this is what your child did really well today and i think it's really important that you know that as a parent and vice versa a parent to sometimes email or call in to say my child really really enjoyed this or they were really really helped by this person so that we can continue to manage expectations and, and, and to develop our pastoral care further. And we work really, really closely with not just... Not, it's not just the teaching staff, but we have a very, very um, strong counselling team. Mm-hmm. We have a chaplaincy within the school. We have a nurse... We have a, set, a group of nurses. And the children know exactly where they can go at any one time to get that support. And the joined-up thinking and the communication between all of those interested parties is vital for that relationship between home and school to to mm. thrive. Mm.
2: I think I would add to that Tracy that you know the school does all those fantastic things, you know, and they've thought it through so beautifully. But I think on the parent side, I always say to parents, you know, who are you sending in to school every day? And I think it's exciting because I always have that sort of metaphor of passing the baton. So, between parent and and school, and you know if a parent is sending in a child every day who 's well slept, who these sound like simple things, but who's who feels loved, who feels valued, who feels good about themselves, they are much more likely to 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 benefit and reap the the rewards of being in a fantastic school environment like that. so I think it 's very important that I think in my role uh, i 'm very keen to reiterate and emphasize to parents that uh, you know the school it has to pick up the baton from us every morning or at the beginning of the you know the, the new term in september and we have a very powerful and important role to play to make sure we're doing everything we can down to making sure our children have a great breakfast You know ahead of the school day we know from the research that's one of the most powerful things that you can possibly do in order to help your child learn and concentrate at school so it it's not just up to schools and i think one of the beautiful things is when you hear about all the things going on in an environment like burko that you just think wow you know imagine as a parent how i can really enhance my child's ability to thrive in that environment by doing a few simple things at home
1: yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. And and becoming a parent is a, is a daunting experience, and there's and there is no handbook. Um, sure. You know, raising a child does not come with with a handbook for everybody to follow. And and so what one of the things that we we, we do here is to to inform parents about when is a good time to have this conversation with your children. Mm. And so that encouraging parents to um, explore things with their children that that they may not necessarily have thought a was important or was my job because they might that they'll be covering that at school of course and, and yes I mean you know just just last week with the with the release of the Ofsted, the, the latest Ofsted report into um, sexual harassment and things in school you know we wrote to parents and we said look here's the report um, this is what we're working with um, all of the time um, but these are the sorts of conversations that you that you need to have um, around the table at home to, mm-hmm. to to prepare your children for the things they're going to hear at school and of course if the child is hearing the same thing at home as what they're hearing at school there is that sort of that partnership um is being um is is being demonstrated to the child
0: it's that joined up thinking that you mentioned isn't it
1: it is it's it it absolutely is there is no right or wrong way to do things but the most important thing is is to is to do them to have those Mm. conversations Mm. and and you know if you get into trouble call the school and we'll help out yeah I think the on the
2: issue of what you've just mentioned, sort of that theme of that Ofsted are looking into and the whole movement around everyone's invited has highlighted the desperate need for brave conversations at home early on, never, ever to be afraid, even with younger children talking about relationships, body boundaries you know, all those lovely things. And we as the parents have something different to offer in those conversations. It's going to be different to what goes on in a classroom environment. So together we can cover all bases. Yeah, And that's why I think one of the sort of, not mistakes, but the things potentially that that parents may fall into is, is, as Tracy mentioned, sort of leaving those braver conversations to the school. But I think that we as the parent need to have Need to be able to create a culture within family life where our children can ask us anything and they need multiple. Different types of people, in different adults, to ask different things too in their life. So I think together you can hear that that sort of diversification, mm. um, of being able to access. Maybe they'd speak to Tracy. Maybe they'd speak to their form tutor. Maybe they'd speak to someone else. Maybe they'd speak to some of their classmates. But everyone has something to offer in this space. So I think it's mm. it's an optimal approach. Um, to sort of map out for your child um, at any point in the school year. Who do, who do you feel you can speak to? Who's there for you in school? Who's there for you at home? And, you know, that is the way in which we'll sort of chip away at some of these larger, trickier conversations, potentially.
0: Mm. Mm. So this sounds fantastic for when the children are actually at school, but tell me a little bit about how it prepares them for life after they leave Berkhamstead.
1: Well, it prepares them um, in i mean the the most important thing I think is um, preparing a child for for failure for um, working working with the parents, parents understanding that that getting one hundred percent in a test is is not the be all on end all of everything a child doing their very best, a child working as hard as they can mm-hmm. um, and and also the work that we do with children with coaching and and empowering them to make their own decisions mm. and make their own mistakes, but then helping them to work through how you analyse what you've done, what you didn't do so well, how you can be better next time. Because when they leave school, they're going into a world where they will fail and they will have blocks in the road that they need to navigate their their way through. And we have to, we have to help prepare them for that.
0: Mm. Now, Kathy, in your role as working with Tooled Up Education, tell me about some of the ways that you've helped Berkhamsted think about optimal approaches to supporting pupils in the wake of the pandemic last year.
2: So I think that I was uh, at one point I was talking, I had the amazing opportunity of addressing all members of staff and just sort of giving them an overview on what I know about boosting people resilience. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, there were many nods in the audience because a lot, you know, everyone's already doing a lot of these things that we know the research evidence points to, but it's quite exciting to be able to go into an environment like Berkhamstead and say, you know, let's just remind ourselves how critically important that lovely relationship is between a member of staff and a pupil, that sense of what Tracy referred to earlier as school belonging, Hmm. just a child feeling like they belong to Berkhamstead school and, you know, feel part of that school community. That is an enormous, what's called protective asset, in terms of their resilience. So sometimes, you know, in my experience, school staff are so altruistic and so kind Mm. that they never even, you know, think about how powerful and important they are. They just do Mm. this work so selflessly. Whereas in that talk, I was able to say, remember every single thing, every little thing that you're doing, with mm. that child is critically important. But the bigger things, you know, reiterating that sense of school, belonging, school, community, particularly during the pandemic was absolutely essential. Mm-hmm. But all those lovely extracurricular activities, which Tracy mentioned, belonging to clubs is a lovely protective asset. Again, mm. feeling that you're part of something, all those lovely matches or school plays, anything that they contribute, you know, way way in which they're able to contribute to school life, but um, I was also able to just, you know, provide an overview to staff about where we were nationally um, with people, mental health. And I think it's a sign of a great and innovative school that mm. school staff are always wanting to learn and mm. stay ahead of the research evidence. So they were very welcoming to that material on where we are, you know, where we are in terms of. You know, we know that anxiety, for example, is one of the largest mental health disorders in the country affecting children um, and teenagers. We have issues with teenage sleep nationally. So I think a great school will always want to learn, pay attention to that data. And then staff were able to take it away into their own, um, you know, uh, uh, sections within the school and, mm. and then reflect on it and uh, and to always sort of stay ahead of the curve. And that's applaudable.
0: Mm. Okay, so this is great news for staff then and you mentioned about resilience. So tell us a little bit about what parents can be doing along the lines of resilience with their children, especially over the summer holidays as they're preparing for them to come back in September again.
2: So some of the things that Tracy just mentioned which are you know right up my alley which is fantastic. Imagine the school is doing all that fantastic stuff encouraging children to think about their thinking to puzzle things out to you know see mistakes as part and parcel of learning and innovation and on the parent side we need to normalize mistakes in Mm -hmm. in family life and not get anxious about them and Mm -hmm. share the fact we all make mistakes so that's how Mm -hmm. i would come in and also making sure parents praise uh, uh, effort and perseverance over performance Mm -hmm. so for example if your child does get a hundred percent in the maths exam you know it's 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 optimal to say wow you know how did you do that what did you do to get you to that point rather than saying, oh, you're amazing. You've got 100 percent. You know, if my children get 100 percent, often I'll say, wow, that sounds really boring, that test. You know, <laughs> you know, do you think, you know, so I think as a, I think Tracy hinted at it, and it's certainly extremely important if we as families and schools, if we can really. Get comfortable with children uh, accessing the uncomfortable. You know, mm. they're not going to win everything. So overprotective parenting is not associated with positive mental health into early adulthood. Mm. So what you're hearing between us is the knowledge that uh, we need to put children into situations that are tricky, that are uncomfortable. So during the summer, I always tend to put my children into the deep end socially. I'll put them in a summer club, where they don't know anyone and i'm doing that because when they're 18 i want them when they go off to uni they don't know anyone Hmm. that they'll be able to cultivate social support so it's very counterintuitive for Hmm. parents certainly to have to put their child in a sort of uncomfortable situation intellectually or socially but it will always benefit them and that is certainly something you know the staff at Berkhamstead know but we parents maybe have to work a little bit Mm. harder Mm. on sort of you know because it's quite difficult for us to to do that
0: there's a good lesson in there for us all coming from me as a parent as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I think the um you know the child that falls over is. uh, at a very young age, um, and I'm and I'm thinking of my childhood, which was a wonderful childhood. But I fell over, and it was up you get, pick yourself up. Is there is there blood gushing from your knee? No, move on. And I think I think it is that sort of, you know, within all of the all of the areas of school life and the uh, and, and, you know the life of a child developing, mm. um, it is that you know if it's not broken, move on, mm, um, mm. and and you know tweaks along the way.
0: Mm. So, we need to bring this episode to a close in a moment. But before we go, Tracy, as someone who works directly within uh, the heart of Berkhamsted School, what would you say your remarkable moment has been?
1: I'm going to have to say it, it, the remarkable moment for me was um, when the Queen visited in 2016. Hmm. Um, it was a, an amazing day, and, and it was amazing for me because it brought together staff, it brought children, parents, and the community of Berkhamsted together. For one common purpose. Mm. And it and, and and it and it showed every aspect of Berkhamsted School in, in its and its absolute finest, everyone pulling together mm. um in the same direction. And I think, you know, that's what we come to school for every day. Mm. Um, mm. to achieve the the very, very best that we can as a as a group pulling together.
0: Mm. Thank you for that. And lastly, for anyone who's heard anything and might want to get in touch with any follow-up question, what's the best way for anyone to get in touch with either of you?
1: Well, for me, from a school perspective, it's, you know, if you are part of the community at the moment, it's about getting in contact through your normal pastoral route um, and and talking to your children's uh, people that are caring for your children on a day-to-day basis. And for anybody interested in finding out more whose prospective parents, um, then please just contact the, thro- the school through the switchboard and we're happy to talk. And
2: I have a website which is tooledupeducation.com and uh, I have uh, parents can submit questions of the week or read my blog, my weekly wisdom newsletter on that or contact me directly via Twitter which is at Parent Engage.
0: Well, thank you, Cathy. And thank you, Tracy. And thank you both very much for your time. It's been really good talking to you today. And I really appreciate you giving up your time on a Monday morning to talk to us all about this. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Simon. Thank you.
0: So that was Tracy Evans, Chief People Officer at Berkhamsted, and Cathy Weston from Tooled Up Education. Thank you to you both for coming onto this episode of the podcast and talking to us about pastoral care at the school. Don't forget that you can contact the school if you have any questions or if you'd like to see what Cathy is doing, then check out her website tooledupeducation.com. And also, don't forget that if you're not yet following this podcast channel, then now is the time to do so, because then when the next episode comes out, you just get a small notification to let you know that it's there. That means that you won't miss it. But that's for the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye for now.